You will be a wonderful dad and you will want to <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited to have Gabe here. If you guys do not, Gabe, uh, this is Gabe Middleton. He is CEO of uh, Human IT. I met him at eBay headquarters. I'm going to let you give. So I want you to give your elevator speech because I know you have it. And then I want you to say it in like layman's terms <laughs> what, your, okay. what your company like actually does. Well, since we have a little bit more time, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a way that makes sense for this platform, right? Because we're, we're, we're not in an elevator. We have more than a minute. So, yes. Uh, maybe I'll go I love the elevator more. speech because it's like, uh -oh. I mean, you can tell that you've said it like, um, and it like covers everything. I mean, yeah. it's very well done, but. Well, uh, thank you. And I'm excited for this conversation. Looking forward to kind of getting into the topics. But um, as you mentioned, my name is Gabe Middleton, and I'm the co-founder and CEO at uh, Human IT. And what Human IT does is we focus on creating equitable opportunities for individuals and families left on the wrong side of what's called the digital divide. And the digital divide is basically those who have access to working computers and technology and internet connections in their home and those who do not. And the way human IT uh, helps families who are on the wrong side of the digital divide is we offer four digital inclusion services. Um, we offer uh, free or low cost computing devices. Um, free or low cost, high speed internet connections for people's homes, uh, digital literacy training and technical support services. So we're big believers at Human IT that if you have access to those four digital inclusion services, you have an opportunity to be digitally included and reach digital equity, which is vital in today's digital economy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it seems like it's something that everybody should have access to. Like you can't yeah. survive, like kids homework. I'm just thinking of my kids, like kids homework, they can't and asking them to go to a library to do their homework is, unrealistic to be honest <laughs> it, it, it totally kids is. who don't have it they likely don't have the support at home to get even get to the library and um, and, and you're so, at a disadvantage if you have to do that right it, for, for for a lot of families who don't have to do that you know that's 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 great and that puts them at an advantage and because that's just where all information and opportunity lives online you know no one has encyclopedias in their closet anymore to get information uh that doesn't really exist and so if you need well, access if to information, you did, it would take you significantly longer than searching <laughs> something on the internet, right? Like it would take you forever to look something up in an encyclopedia. Exactly. And, and so, and, and, and opportunity lives online now, whether it doesn't matter what, what industry you're in, if you don't have access to information uh, and quality information, which is online, then you're, you're, you're uh, at a disadvantage and don't have access to equitable opportunity. So human IT is, is trying to uh, solve that problem. But we kind of do that in a, in a unique way, because at the same time, when we're trying to create digital equity, we're also we also help uh, large companies um, like Fortune 500s, but also small and medium sized enterprises. Um, we, we help them do a better job at managing their unwanted technology, also known as e-waste, electronic waste. Okay. And so we have companies from all over the country don't work with us to donate their unwanted technology to keep it out of landfills, which is key for our environment because electronic waste is the fastest growing waste stream in the world. It's 2% of our trash, but 70% of our toxic waste. And that waste stream is not slowing down at right. all. Right. Uh, as we all know. Right. Exactly. So we help um, organizations who, uh, you know, have a lot of technology, especially, you know, these large organizations um, divert their unwanted technology away from landfills donated to human IT. And uh, what we do with the consumer grade tech is we repurpose that technology. And then we were able to donate a lot of a lot of the uh, good working computers to families who are left on that wrong side of the digital divide. And that's also where we get a lot of the supply for our eBay store, uh, which I know we're going to get into here in a second. Yes, yes. So that's what I wrote down because like, this is an eBay channel. I mean, a reseller channel. Um, but uh, you guys in the first we've been on for four minutes and I'm like, I already know this and I'm already inspired. Right. So you can tell like why I wanted to have Gabe on. He's so inspiring. Um, just even if it's not something that you do, just the fact that you are solving problems and helping all I mean, you're solving multiple problems within one company. And for our community, the reselling community, you're doing this with eBay, right? Um, mm -hmm. So can you get into a little bit about how eBay and feel free, everyone who's in the chat, let me know who's here. Um, if you guys are just listening, drop a note, feel free to ask questions along the way as well. Uh, this is a very casual conversation, but if you guys do have questions in the chat. Um, so how does eBay kind of fit into all of this for you? Yeah, so when, when I co-founded Human IT, uh, eBay wasn't baked into the to the business plan. To be honest with you, not from the get go. Okay. Uh, 
it became our main economic engine that drives majority of the revenue to help us execute our mission in creating equitable opportunities via digital tools. Um, because that was always the main point, divert as much e-waste from landfills as possible and help as many families get connected to uh, the digital tools that they need. But uh, when I started this uh, company, I was, I, was, I was 24 years old and I, I knew that if I was gonna go out to foundations with no really business, real life business experience um, and ask them for money, they just, they weren't gonna give me any just because I had a good idea. And so um, that kind of led me to uh, just a, a higher level vision for me and what kind of motivates me to, to even keep on going and, and to start the business in the first place, which is I also want to inspire, you know, the next gener generation of entrepreneurs to build social good right into their business models from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do that and you find a way to uh, create a social enterprise and a, and a monetization model that doesn't require governments and foundations to donate money to you, Mm -hmm. then those are I, that those are the types of businesses I think we want to see. We want to see more of those types of businesses into the future, um, you know, because we see kind of like the, the large divisions and in, in, in wealth and opportunities that exist even within our own country. Uh, and I think businesses have a more of a role to play into eliminating a lot of those divides, not just the digital divide, but, um, you know, any other divides that, that exists out there, whether it be, uh whether it be, you know, helping the unhoused or, you know, helping out uh, single mothers, whatever it is that you're passionate about, how can business, how can you create business and enterprise to be able to make the difference that you want to see in the world? Um, but you don't have to rely on people necessarily giving you money because once they do, then they, they, act, they have a lot of the power, right? Um, well, and, so, and it's not sustainable, right? If you have built this model mm -hmm. that you can do it all on your own, you're not at mm -hmm. the sake and mercy, especially like in the last two years, right? A lot of those companies people that have extra money or the government or right and a lot of the a lot of the nonprofits and places that were needed in the last couple mm -hmm. of years weren't getting what they needed because of what we were going exactly. through. being able to sustain that is y'all are you not inspired like yeah. <laughs> i just love talking to gabe um okay so i had a question too this doesn't have to do with ebay but do you think you'll move on to mentoring people like like you'll get this and then because you said you want to like show other people or like you want other yeah that's the end goal for yeah. sure i definitely i definitely want to start either like a, uh, i definitely want to mentor uh, more often especially to young entrepreneurs um and and hopefully inspire them to, again to build purpose right into the business models from the very start and i want to use human it as proof that it's possible you can be successful you can do well and good at the same time it's possible you, you don't have to just climb the corporate ladder, make a bunch of money, and then donate a bunch of money to a nonprofit or cause that you care about uh, and, and make an impact that way. Because that's traditionally how things work, right? It's just like, oh, let me go into for-profit corporate world, make it, make, make the, the money that I'm looking forward to, retire, um, you know, donate $100,000 or whatever it is you can donate, or even more, you know, some people have, have uh, more means to donate, and then maybe uh, make an impact that way. You can do both at the same time. And I'm really trying to prove that that's possible. So um, well, that's doing a great job. <laughs> I'm inspired. Yeah. Um, let me know in the chat if you guys are inspired as well. So um, let's get into a little bit of how, so eBay wasn't necessarily baked into this. How did you come to, you had this big vision. How did you come to eBay being, cause that's how you do it now, right? Like that's the only platform that you're on where you, you're taking goods from businesses, technical goods, selling it on eBay and using that to connect the divide, right? In layman's Correct. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And um, early on in, in our journey, just kind of evaluating the various platforms that we can use to um, resell some of the enterprise grade equipment uh, that, re that we receive and just the, the, all the different item types uh, that are in technology that we sell on eBay currently, um, we just kind of analyze, okay, what platforms would be best uh, for us to monetize the products that we get. And uh, along, along that journey and just doing the research, we found that eBay had, the, had this amazing program called eBay for Charity, mm -hmm. which none of the other platforms that we saw at the time had this uh, feature to where eBay, you can sign up as a charity and during your listing, you can select that, um, 
you know, a, a portion of, of, of the proceeds will go to a particular charity, which for human IT, we do 100%. So we say we, we select that during the listing. We say 100% of these sales are going to go to uh, our, our human IT 501c3 charity, which we're then going to use that money to then uh, eliminate, uh, shrink the digital divide. Right. So and so that program. It- yeah, doing it that way is it because eBay then also contributes or gives a discount on fee. Like, why would you do it that way mm-hmm. as opposed to just selling as a nonprofit and not doing the eBay for charity? Well, like it seems to me it's one and the same thing, right? Um, because we have the five hundred one c three, the the uh, what eBay does is that once we we once we make the sale, the the money flows into the five hundred one c three to then uh, to be used for programmatic efforts. So, but why would you have to click the eBay for charity bot? Because you could just do that regular. Uh, you could just be a regular true. store and not click that eBay I got for it. charity bot. Yeah, uh, because what's also amazing about the eBay for charity uh, feature is that you, know, you don't pay any fees. You know, listing fees. I did, and, yeah. Okay, I knew yeah, I thought, um, and I didn't know. And eBay also donates as well to the eBay for charities, or is it just through fees? Uh, well, they do have their own donation programs, but for the eBay for charity listing feature, that that's strictly for you know the seller. In, in that store um yeah you know, ebay doesn't like match that or anything like that okay so when they say that it's the fees that they're yeah eating the it, cost on is the number that they are promoting precisely. Um, okay so you're getting a discount on fees so you're doing it through ebay for fees so i do want to clarify for people watching that are on ebay um anybody can do ebay mm-hmm. for charity you click it and you can do any percent that you want you can click it has to be a vetted uh nonprofit from eBay, any mm-hmm. nonprofit that I've ever looked at has been on there, even like small local ones. Uh, so you can, anyone can do that. And then it'll show like a little, uh, what is it? Like a little gold ribbon, right? Is it mm-hmm. a ribbon? Um, on your, so people can see as well, which I, you know, I would think would give you a sales boost as well that, Hey, we are a charity. We're donating to our charity, but mm-hmm. this profit goes to a charity. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be hundred percent, right? It can be yeah. Uh, you know, 25%, whatever it is that uh, you, you're, you're willing to donate and want to donate. Um, but I do think it's a great, especially moving into the, into the future, it's a great way to differentiate, differentiate yourself um, on eBay and, and on that platform. Uh, it's a good business value proposition to say, hey, you know, we are building in purpose, like I was mentioning before, in our business model from the get go, because we care about our community. And whether it be something like human IT or um, you know, the, the World Wildlife Foundation or the Red Cross, you know, whatever it is you're passionate about, um, you know, uh, maybe your business can play a small role in, into helping, you know, create the world that you want to see through one of those foundations. And there is research that shows um, the younger generation for sure, but a lot more sellers. I think the last stat I saw was like 70 to 80 percent of buyers are looking for that. They're looking mm-hmm. to su- support um People who are, you know, small businesses, sustainability, but then also people who are either nonprofits or giving back to the community. Um, So do it out of the kindness of your heart. But it does also, um, in theory, is going to set you apart, like Gabe said, and also should help, you know, possibly get a little bump in sales, depending on everything else that you're doing. on. It's a win-win. Yes, exactly. Um, we do have a question. I have like seven questions I've written down as we've been talking. Uh, Gabe, can you give some examples on what you put in place to shrink the digital divide? Yes. And so uh, we've put, that's a great question. We really put in uh, four different, what we call digital inclusion service models in place from the funding that we received from eBay. Um, we have created uh, an online store. It's called store.humanit.org. That is specific for nonprofits and low-income families to be able to access good working technology at an extremely low uh, uh, low cost, right? So um, we we created that platform uh, specifically for again nonprofits and low-income families uh, to be able to purchase things. But the platform what it enables us to do is validate and verify that folks are are really low-income and, and need the help in an automated way. So that way we don't have to have a conversation with every single person. Um, so that's How an exciting, people, like, what's your scale? How many people are you helping? Like, I mean, I know, you know, all the numbers, this is why we get. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've helped, uh, over the course of, of the last decade, um, you know, when, when it comes to just computers, uh, about two, over 200,000 computers, um, over a hundred thousand families connect to a low cost, high speed internet connection. Um, we've, uh, 
helped about 80,000 families with technical support tickets along their journey um, and about a thousand people who we've trained on our, on our digital literacy platform. So if you think about all of those, all of those different uh, digital inclusion services, again, digital literacy training, technical support, um, helping people gain information and knowledge around what type of internet connection they need and what type of low cost offerings um, are out there for them. Cause internet's expensive. I don't know about you, but I pay like $90 for my internet. Like, that's think very expensive. Cause we both work from home and stream. Like my husband streams all day for work. I do that. Like ours is. Yeah. So, so we, we developed a call center. Yeah. We do, we have a call center and a, and a text messaging service where people can, can message us and, and, and call us and, and gain information about what's available in their area in, in their zip code, because there's different ISPs all over the, the country, right? And we don't all have access to the same ISPs. So what's available to them and, and uh, how can they get access to a high speed internet connection at a special rate? And then there are, there are programs that exist uh, more recently, like the ACP program that the government, the federal government has, has released and saying, hey, um, there's a subsidy uh, for some of these um, uh, plans that you that you can join from an ISP from an internet standpoint that it, uh, that can be free to you or heavily subsidized and you get a hundred dollars off of a computer if you sign up through the ACP program so we we're out there trying to educate uh, the community and inform people that these programs exist uh, and these are the, the various programs that exist in their zip code um, that will help them get online right and that that's a that's a lot of work because it can be very confusing to families who are left on the wrong side of, of the digital divide teaching them like what is the download speed what's upload speed um <laughs> exactly. i struggle with that and i'm on youtube right now right like it's a lot going on and even just keeping up with like these new programs that come out and the different companies that have different i mean you could spend days which you guys probably spend even more than that researching to be able to recommend to people what's even out there you don't know what you don't know right exactly and then setting up um the platform and 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 the processes to be able to do this type of work at scale like that's where i you know we spend a lot of time working on the systems um because we we're trying to connect as many people to the to the to the to to these digital resources as possible so when you're talking about helping uh just in the united states alone you know, over 100 million people don't have access to one of these four key digital inclusion services. Um, that, that's a lot of folks who are just going to be left on the wrong side of the digital, digital divide um, for good unless, some, unless they get some support. And that's what Human IT is trying to do. Um, and so, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time trying to build out these, these systems and platforms to be able to support uh, at a quality standard to as many people as we possibly can. So that's why we we created the new website, the Human IT Store, specifically for for these folks, uh, text messaging service and a call center to get people connected to internet. We were we we've written uh, and are developing and continuously improving our, our digital literacy platform. So that takes a lot of resources and time to you know create that that uh, that um, curriculum and and that platform so so people can get trained on how to use their computer and internet once we once they gain access. And even the most techie among us have issues that pop up uh, at the worst possible time often, right? Where maybe your, your computer's not working or you're having trouble getting connected when, you, when you're having an important business meeting. Who do you call, right? If, if you need some technical support help. Um, and uh, human IT, you know, at human IT, we stood up a technical support line to where if, you, if you're a, a recipient or an individual who, has, who uh, gets a computer or internet connection, or signs up to our digital literacy course, you also get a free year of unlimited technical support services through that as well. Um, Which is amazing because tech in general is very difficult, but if you're completely mm-hmm. new to it, um, or if you don't have the resources and the knowledge and just been using it forever, um, it's definitely something hard. And what's amazing to me, so first of all, a couple of things. Gabe's information is down below. I think it's his website down below, but that should have everything, all the information that you need. It might be your eBay store. Uh, if someone could check and let me know. <laughs> I can't see it right now. Um, but whatever's down there below, and then I can add other links uh, after this as well, if you guys want to see other links, so you can check more detail or if you want to support. People can actually uh, 
be so these are mostly eBay sellers, right? You can sign up and as an eBay for charity for human IT if you really believe in Gabe and you want to sign up and do a portion of your proceeds to him as well. Um, that just came to my head. I'm not this is not an infomercial to give all your money to Gabe, but it just came to my head that if you guys are really passionate about what Gabe is doing, you can support via eBay as well. Um, and what's amazing to me is this is all powered by eBay, mm -hmm. right? Like all of the things that you are talking about is from your eBay store. So let's talk like how big is your eBay store? Let's talk like the nitty gritty of the. So just to clarify about six in the beginning, it was a hundred percent on eBay, right? And that's how we generate all, all of our revenue. Currently today we've, we've diversified a little bit. And so about 60% still though of okay. our red total revenue is through eBay. Um, Where's the rest coming from? Do you sell, uh, you, do you sell other places? So we have, no, so we, we don't sell anywhere else, but we do um, work with foundations and municipalities to, to receive grants and things like that. Oh. Um, that's that's where some of our other revenue is coming from. Gotcha. Um, but going back to your eBay question, I want to make sure I answered. Can you repeat what the question was, please? Well, no, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> well, let's, so how big is your eBay store? And because you have three warehouses, how many eBay-ish employees? Like you probably have a lot of employees, but like how many dedicated to eBay? Yeah, great question. So we have two warehouses, um, one in Detroit, Michigan, and one in Los Angeles. And that's where the technology, so anything east of the Mississippi from a technology donation standpoint goes to the Detroit warehouse and anything west of the Mississippi comes to us to uh, the LA location, where then we have about um, 100 out of our 150 total employees, but 100 out of those one out of 150 are fully dedicated to eBay. And, uh, you know, receiving the, 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 the technology donations, sorting them, inventorying the, it, um, repurposing it, and then ultimately listing and shipping it as well. So I'm thinking of all the processes that you have to have in place because it's not, you can't have one offs and I'm going to remember where it is, right? Like you have to have processes because you have so many employees doing it. So you're starting off, it's you and another guy, right? Correct. Were you guys on eBay in the beginning or did you from the beginning get someone else to do eBay and kind of just oversee them? Or were you in the nitty gritty in the beginning? We were in the nitty gritty. We started this whole company started with 500 bucks. So <laughs> we didn't have any money to, to hire. So you were uh, in, I know you are kind of high level now watching over eBay. So how did you start from these two people? Like I'm going to make a listing. I'm going to like put it in a bin to where you're at now. I mean, I know it was years and lots of processes, but people who are trying to get from like just me to maybe one other person are trying to scale. Like what are some recommendations or ways to come up with processes or processes that you have that have really worked things that maybe you're like, yeah, that didn't work so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the beginning, we obviously started very small. I mean, literally one computer at a time, right? Sometimes we get one computer donated, then we would get five and then 10 and then it starts to snowball. But you know, scale starts early. It starts from day one, in my opinion. And that, that type of mentality, if you want to, to uh, you know, to grow your eBay store to whatever size you're comfortable with, it really starts, in my opinion, that behavior and mentality starts day one. So cause our eBay store started out of uh, an apartment living room uh, that we were living out of. And, and so if you kind of look at how human IT exists today, yeah, it's, you know, 100,000, over 100,000 square feet. But if you kind of shrink that down to one apartment, the processes were kind of the same, right? The work, the, the actual workflow and the logistics of how things flowed weren't too different. It's just, you know, how much you can actually store and, and list at one time obviously changes as you add space. But the mentality of for scale started from day one. So we really make sure that if, you, if you're looking to grow from, you know, just that, that small acorn of, or from, you know, your day one of starting your eBay store, um, make sure that, you know, you're organized, right? Organization is key. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have an ERP system, yeah, do you have some type of visual management system in place, right? Can you find things easily? Are things orderly and in place and clean? So that way you're not spending time looking for, you know, the item that you just sold or looking for that item to be able to list. Um, the, the amount of time that you can, you can shrink by, uh, and, and amount of time you can save by just being organized, you know, don't, don't underestimate that. Oh, uh, yes. I mean, it's a huge thing for me. I work part-time hours and a large part of it is I spent an entire year going through my processes and cutting down. I mean, 30 seconds on a shipment ends up being 
hours and hours a month if you can cut it down for sure. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and make uh, what we what I spent a lot of time on uh, initially, James and I, who's the co-founder, um, you know, we, we, we built the eBay store and spent a lot of time in the beginning working on the eBay store. It was like, okay, stay organized. And what is the, and, and compartmentalize the workflow, right? We say, we, we like to say, let's not try to boil the ocean. Let's say, say, what is the biggest pain point for us? Is it shipping? Is it listing? Is it customer service? We, and we would just prioritize and say, this is taking us the most amount of time. How can we innovate? Or come up with a new system mm-hmm. to say to, to to eliminate the complexity, right, and make it easy and repeatable. Because if it's easy and repeatable, then it's scalable. If you can't repeat it, and if it requires you to do it, and someone else can't come in and, and, and repeat what it is that you're doing, then then you're not going to be able to scale. Yes. And so. And I- I don't remember what you said. You said like five really good things. Um, Oh, I like what you said because sometimes it seems very overwhelming, right? I get a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are like, well, what do I do? And then it's too many things. And you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. So I'm not going to start at all. Picking the hardest thing or the thing that takes the most time. And for everyone, it's different. I don't mind taking photographs. (laughs) I hate shipping. So shipping was a thing that I was like, how can I make this the quickest so that I can still make sure to ship every day? And even when I'm sick or whatever, um, I can make sure to ship. So if you guys are out there watching, and even if you're not trying to scale, but you're trying to be the best reseller that you can be, pick your pinpoint and figure out how you can make it better and take some of those negative impacts or things that you hate doing out of it or make them as quick as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and start with simple, right? Don't over-engineer things, right? Sometimes we think it's more complex. The answer is more complex than it really is. Um, But if you just make a small change and you you really, okay, what's the biggest pain point? And then what's what's the lowest hanging fruit? that I can grab at, you know, the small changes that are really easy for, to, for me to make that will actually make a large difference over time, mm-hmm. right? We try to kind of take that home run swing to, you know, uh, to solving maybe a complex problem that we have, which oftentimes creates a more complex uh, system than you had originally. And so like, say like, start with simple right from the very beginning, how, and again, like how, how can this be repeatable? If I wasn't around, would someone else know how to do that? how to do would someone else know how to do what it is i'm trying to trying to make simple and if the answer is yes that's how you know you've created with simplicity and 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 you're you're ready to be repeatable and scalable Yes. And so I've read, cause people ask, like I have virtual assistants. I don't have employees, but people ask, you know, how are you, do you know that you're ready? And I'm like, if you can type out the instructions to where someone can, if you can type out the instructions first, then you have a process. And then you may need to go in and like, you know, you can't be like, oh, I just remember in my head where it is, right? Like if you can type out instructions and then you can go in and kind of scale that down to where someone can read it, then financially, let's, I mean, obviously we're not going to get into your finances, but like, at what point did you guys say, okay, we're ready to go past just the two of us? As early as we possibly could, you know, it was from, from day one, when, before we even, you know, got going with human IT, we knew we we wanted to make an impact nationally. And if we're going to make an impact nationally, we're going to have to create, you know, some relatively larger organization. And so, um, we, we have a saying at Human IT, especially James and myself, which is like, how quickly can we fire ourselves, right, from doing this job? Like, and that's always, that was always the intention. Like, yeah. we, we, we need someone else to do this because we need as much help as, as we possibly can get. And uh, one funny story uh, in, in actually executing that is uh, I had my aunt and uncle volunteer who knew, who knew nothing about eBay or in very little, a little about computers. And if they can repeat like the listing process or taking the photos or getting the shipment out, if they can do it, that's how I knew I was on the right track. And they had like a blast learning about how, you know, learning uh, the process and, and never thought in a million years that they would, they would learn how to, how to uh, be sellers on eBay. And even to this day, they, they use eBay because of what they learned in the beginning of what, uh, uh, of what we were teaching them in the beginning of how to, how to list. But uh, we we're using them a little bit as guinea pigs to to kind of stress test simplicity. Um, so how do you? Because you're you're in training new people who aren't experts in eBay, um, mm-hmm. and how do you like? What are some tips that you have to speed up the process or to make it as simple as possible? I mean, you're niched down pretty heavily, uh, so that mm-hmm. probably helps a lot as well. But any tips to help people even outside of IT um, to help quicken and make it as efficient as possible when you're listing? Like, what do you guys do? 
Yeah, so we have a we have a very specific process for uh, what we call continuous improvement, or which we call it our CIT process, and that stands for Continuous Improvement Tracker. And the very first thing that we do is we identify is okay, what is the large what's 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 a pain point that we have as a department, whether you're in shipping or or you know listing or inventory, whatever. Um, what's what's the what's the biggest problem? And start with the problem, like clearly define it. Like if you spend time working the problem, the solution shows itself, right? But oftentimes as, as, uh, as businesses or, or employees or entrepreneurs, we are so solution forward. Like, oh, maybe I can do this and maybe I can do that. And we have a million different ideas going at once and mm-hmm. we don't spend enough time defining the problem. And we're, so, so for instance, we say, oh, well, you know, our, our pictures are coming out blurry and it's really affecting our conversion rate on eBay. Um, to the tune of, you know, we're, we're, we're to the tune of a, a whole percentage point or something like that. Right. So being able to clearly define like, what is the problem? What is, what is the problem? Well, we're losing uh, out on revenue because uh, by 1%. Right. And I even made a mistake here. I said it was because of blurry pictures, but that's a mistake we make all the time. The blurry pictures wasn't really the problem. The problem of a blurry pi- uh, picture is uh, it leads to less trust and less conversion. Right. People don't understand what it is they're buying as a result of that. So that's the problem. And is if you kind of spend a lot of time working that problem, it's like, oh, why does this problem exist? And and you and, and, and you you know, you you I'm lucky enough to have a team and you create a culture of diverse perspectives to say, okay, that we all agree that this is the problem. What's the root cause of it? And 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 during the during our, our continuous improvement process, we say, Oh, well, we notice that the quality of the pictures have, has gone down. Uh, and, and the, the pictures are blurry. If we just buy a better camera or slow, slow down a little bit with our, with our process of taking pictures, um, we're going to test that to see if our, if our conversion rate goes back up. Right? So and, are you, I, like you're just speaking my language here, um, which y'all can know why I totally got along with uh, Gabe. I wanted him on this show. So you're monitoring these numbers on a, I mean, you have a lot of people, right? Are you like, mm-hmm do you have someone who kind of looks at the back end and is like, Hey, our conversions going down. This is happening. We have a weekly meeting, a monthly meeting to like, like, how does that whole process go? Obviously it's not going to be most of the people that watch this aren't going to be having staff meetings about it, but I think it can give us a good idea of checking those numbers and then working backwards. Hey, this number went down. Here's possible things that happen, possible reasons. And then you figure out which one it is and improve that. Right. Yeah. So, so we meet weekly. Um, as a, what we call our e-commerce team to evaluate um, the, the, the metrics and the numbers. Um, but you, we have to have goals, right? You have to have a baseline. So like, what's the expectation? What do we expect to see? Right. And so for us, it may be 75,000 impressions, right? You know, what, what, we need to have a bar. Are we above? Are we below? And if we're below, that's how we know we're like, okay, this is what we should probably focus on. What, what's our what's our best hypothesis to why we're below and what's the problem? And that's kind of when you start to, to work the problem together as, as a team. But if you don't have that expectation, right, then it's hard to understand and prioritize what problems you should be working on. Where you're right. In, right. And so exactly. I think you're like this big company and it seems very overwhelming for a lot of people, but there's so many things that can come out. Even if you're a team of one doing this, have a staff meeting with yourself on Mondays. I look at my numbers multiple times a week, um, to kind of gauge it. And you guys see in the videos that I do a lot, um, figuring out and working backwards. Hey, this is my impressions are down. If people don't even see your items, they can't buy them. Right. And so kind of working backwards and figuring out, I have lots of metrics out there. If you guys, um, on my channel, watching the videos, but even if you don't have a staff team or you don't have, you know, you don't want to be this big Mongol, like (laughs) Gabe is, you can still benefit from everything that he is saying, which is why I wanted to have him here. He's doing it at a grander scale. Um, But even if you want to scale to one employee, these are all very important things because if you have a small pinpoint, you know, something broken and you start to scale, that is only going to get bigger and make things not scale at the same rate. And the problem is going to get bigger. So mindfully watching these. I am going to say we have a couple questions in the... uh, comments. They're more eBay-based questions. Um, So Mm -hmm. I will probably maybe just answer those at the very end. We do have a couple questions uh, 
for, we had another question specific to Gabe. Um, yeah. So someone is saying, well, I'm going to note on this because this is relevant. I'm going to start pulling the QA report at least once a month for eBay. Um, so I do a listing quality report once a month. Um, I look at my backend numbers all the time, but that listing quality report, there's things that, I mean, I know all the things to do and every once in a while I'm like, oh, there was seven listings that I forgot to check this, right? Like just having these processes in place. Are you reselling the repurposed e-waste on eBay to support the organization and providing those under the digital divide new products and latest tech? I think we kind of already gotten into this or is this a new question? Slightly it's a different. little bit. It, it's slightly different. Okay. Yeah. And the, and, and the answer is a little bit of both, right? And so um, we sell refurbished technology as well as new. So it just, you know, everyone's digital needs are different. So for instance, uh, you may have a high school student who really wants to, uh, you know, learn video editing, which is going to require a more higher, a higher end computer, right? To where we may have Macs that were donated, luckily, that we can have on our, on our, our, our human IT store for, for, you know, that individual. But sometimes we don't have that stock. And so some of the, um, the revenue that we generate will go into purchasing new technology to be able to make sure ensure that we have a uh, consistent stock available uh, to, to that individual. But you kind of think, you know, technology is very much like cars, right? Like not all of us need the same car, right? We all have different needs when it comes to that. So we, we always want to make sure we want a very uh, basic kind of what we call our internet machines. That if you just need to, if you just need to uh, browse the web, we always want to make sure we have at least that in stock at all times. And we do, we actually purchase um, a lot of that type of technology that are brand new, right? Whether it be, you know, uh, lower end Windows devices or Chromebooks uh, and make them available to, to recipients when they need them all the way up to high end, you know, MacBook Pros or, you know, new, new generation, you know, i-series uh, Windows uh, PCs uh, for, for people uh, to be able to purchase as well. So it's, it's a mix of both. If, if we're lucky enough to get a good donation to where we see those devices uh, come in and, and, they're, and they're actually repurposable, we'll get them on our store. But we're not in charge or, or um, yeah, we're not in charge of like what we're going to get and the quality of what we get. We, you know, we, we get what we can, uh, what we can. And so uh, if, if we're lucky enough, like, again, we'll, we'll put that, those devices up. But oftentimes, um, we, we have to purchase a lot of, a lot of those devices and they're brand new when we purchase. So as you're talking inventory, one of my bottlenecks right now is getting enough inventory. Um, would you say, cause you get your stuff donated from companies and stuff. Would you mm -hmm. say that you get more than you guys can process and you need to sustain your business model? Or are you, you're always trying to grow though. I already know your hands. You want bigger and better and always more, right? So do we you can I, handle more. We can yeah. handle a lot more. You could handle more. Um, so you're always trying to find more inventory. Mm -hmm. It's not an over. Always. Yes. Okay. I, as I was asking the question, I kind of already knew the answer. Um, I do have one question about this. And then I have another eBay question too, for those that are listening and wanting to know what's coming up. <laughs> of course, Ken and Jay-Z also say there's never enough. Um, Hustle B was on Hustle last B. week. Yeah, so we're, they were on, well, Ken was on last week talking sneakers. So if you guys want to learn all about taking over the sneaker world, him and Wealthy Hostage were here. Um, that in and of itself is like its own culture, which is fascinating to me. Um, so you started this company at 24 and you have now made it like, I mean, I know you want, you have more vision for what it could be, but it's, you're doing what you wanted it to do at a pretty large scale, I would say. How did you as a 24 year old do that. I mean, that just sounds like when I was 24, like <laughs> I didn't have the knowledge or the resources or even the vision at 24 to be able to do that. So talk a little bit about your backstory and like how you even got, like why you even wanted to start it. And then how, like what kept you going and figuring out how to do all of this at 24? Yeah, that's, that question could be a, a bit deep for sure. Um, <laughs> Go as deep as you're willing. We're on YouTube. So. Um, Okay, so my, my, my story is um, before I started human IT, I thought I wanted, I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to be um, an intellectual property attorney, um, mainly because I wanted to, I love technology. Like I love, I, I've always used technology to benefit my own situation in life. Um, 
it just fascinates me. I love reading about it, tinkering with it. Um, it just makes me happy, right? And so uh, a big part of this is is, is really, and when I knew that I, I, I wanted to, to pivot away from being an attorney and going to human IT because it was an opportunity to always be tinkering and working with technology, that's first mm -hmm. and foremost. Mm -hmm. The other thing that, that came uh, across my plate, luckily, was um, I was on the internet. Thankfully, I had access to a good working computer in the internet, right? And um, I, I was taking a break from studying, and I came across a quote uh, by, by Bill Gates that kind of really shaped my perspective on life. And it, it said that the, the leaders of tomorrow will be those who empower others. And I was thinking about, I was like, that really hit me. And I, and I believe that. Mm -hmm. and, and I was thinking about my journey that I'm about to undertake and, and go on. And I'm like, how am I really empowering other people uh, through this journey? And I just didn't, it didn't really feel it in my, in my heart. So I knew, I knew I wasn't on the right path. Um, and then lastly is uh, in, in college, I was, um, I was really in, involved in, in philanthropy on campus. And I was able to lead a fundraiser for uh, the V Foundation one year, um, which is, you know, for cancer research. And I was able to fundraise um, on campus about $10,000 uh, to go towards, um, you know, cancer research. And I was just like, wow, what an amazing feeling. Like if uh, I want to, I want to feel this way all the time. I want to be able to give back as much as I possibly can to make an impact. So uh, when human IT as an idea came up, you know, as a 24 year old, I, I just, I, I felt like the clicks in the dots, the clicks were happening. The dots were lining up where I get to, Oh, I get to work with technology. I get to, I get to give back. Right. I get to build a, a, a team on top of that. I'm a big like sports person. I love working as a team towards a common goal. Um, and I, and I get to empower others um, in a very clear way. And I was like, Oh, this is just, this is so obvious what I need to do. And then, and I just decided at that moment to kind of, you know, go uh, two, two feet in and go head first into this um, opportunity. What's great about being 24 is, you know, I didn't really have any responsibilities. Like my bills were very, you know, uh, minimal. And so I was like, if I'm going to take a risk, this is like the best time to take it. Because even if I fail, then I, I have time, right, to, to pivot to something else. Um, luckily, you know, we didn't fail. And, and, and 10 years later, we're here. Um, but it, it really just, it stemmed from a desire to share my passion and love with technology and how it could benefit your life if you kind of utilize it in your own way, in your own avenue to benefit your own situation with as many people as I possibly could. And, uh, and now we're here and it really did. It's like a flywheel effect. There's not one, one moment that got us to this scale or to, right, right. to the situation. It was just solving the, the, neck, the, the, the next problem, right? getting past each barrier over and over. And if you do that every single day for 10 straight years, you look back and you're like, oh crap, I've come a long way. That's yeah. really all it is. Um, and I actually would just, I posted on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago about, I think it's Dwayne Johnson, maybe, I don't know, someone said that greatness comes from consistency because what we do isn't, well, I mean, what you do is a lot harder, but reselling in general, it's not rocket science, but the people who are being successful are just doing it every single day. And even if you're not trying to improve, you're going to get better. If you sell women's clothes every single day for five years, you are now an expert in women's clothes. Whether you want to be or not, you know what sells and whether you do the research or not, you know what sells. So I think a lot of it definitely is consistency. So even if you don't want to be at Gabe's scale, that's something that everyone can take out of it. It's the consistency and figuring out how to fit it into your business, right? If consistency to you is one listing a day, but you do one listing a day every day for 10 years, you will make money, right? And yeah. maybe- More importantly too, I got to add on if I may, Sarah. Yes, of course. Because I think what you're saying is great is doing that one listing, if that's the goal, right? Which I think is great. And the consistency uh, of doing it every day, but even doing it when you don't want to, that's, that's yeah. like, that's a big part of the consistency. Like you don't negotiate with yourself, yes. right? Like, I don't really care how I'm feeling. Listen, we all have barriers and, and, and I get it. I'm not saying being perfect, but really eliminating the negotiation with yourself. Like I said, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it. I got my listing done. You do that every single day uh, and things end, end up working out for you. You know, if more than half the battle is just showing up. Right, even when you don't want to. And I share on my Instagram stories a lot because I work out almost every day. And it's not some of it's the health benefits, a lot of it's the mental, but I think it actually makes me a better business owner because it's there's 
my husband's like, oh, I don't know, ever want to work out. I'm like, I don't ever want to work out either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's very few times that I'm like, yeah, let's go do this. Once you do it, then the endorphins hit and then blah, 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 blah. But just having the mental capacity of like not saying, oh, I did it yesterday. I don't want to do it today. Like I'm going to do 30 minutes every single day. And then if I get more in, I get more in. And having that mental capacity for me and working out helps me have that mental capacity in a business. Like I don't want to take photos. On Monday, I was like, I don't want to take photos. My kids were crazy this weekend because it was Halloween. I have lots of things to do. And I hunkered down and did a hundred photos in the three hours. And now I don't have to do them for the rest of the week. Right. Like I knew I had to do it and I had to get to it. Um, it's definitely Ken and Jay-Z are saying Mamba mentality for sure. Did you have a, so you were mentioning college and you went to school to, you wanted to be a lawyer. Did you go to law school or did you, like, I'm just thinking what kind of background you had, what knowledge you had to start a business or was it from the get you were like, I'm just researching and figuring out as I go. Yes. No, I didn't go to law school. I was studying to get into law school. So I was studying for the LSAT. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't venture into actually getting accepted to law school and starting. Um, but as far as the skill set that, that I had from the get go is, you know, the whole, this whole thing is like completely ironic, right? Because what I'm really trying to share, which is access to information through, you know, access to the access to the internet, the internet is what I used to educate myself to be able to start a business, right? And and because that's what I wanted to do. But even if I wanted to do something else, the internet was the way to educate myself to be able to do it. And so I was almost eating my own dog food, sort of, sort of speaking, where I was like living um, the benefits of having a good working computer and a high-speed internet connection and some basic digital skills um, and support with other, you know, friends and family that I have who are better uh, than me at, at some of the, the you know, uh, digital skills that, that I didn't have, which is kind of like the tech support, right, element of things. Right. Um, I had access to all these digital inclusion services, and I used it to educate myself to get to where I am today. Um, and and, and I, think, I think that's what kind of in, inspires me and motivates me to continue to get up and, and do the work that I do every day, because I, I want that for other people as well. So it wasn't like I just came with this with this knowledge. I I, I gained uh, small pieces of knowledge over time just through the internet. Yeah, and learning, and which is amazing, and it's inspiring that you're not you're realizing that, and then you're helping give it to other people as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're all there, right? Like not all because there's a divide, but you know most of the people that probably watch my channel, like I learned how to resell. You know, people are watching my channel on YouTube to learn how to resell, right? And the advantage that that gives you above someone who doesn't have it, like that alone, can help you. Do you think networking as well, right? Like I feel like once you know someone, then they connect you to like networking is a big part I see in scaling and continuing to go up. Does that make sense? Oh, no, definitely does. And, and I want to, I want to um, corroborate what you're saying, which is like, yeah, you actually live a lot of what I'm talk describing. You don't keep all of the knowledge to yourself. Like you have this amazing YouTube channel and you do a great job on other social media platforms, sharing as much as you possibly can and being very transparent. And, you know, you're inspiring others to show up every day and, 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 and you, you're helping them along their journey. So I want to commend you for that. I think it's wonderful. Well, I appreciate um, you saying that because we, so we met at eBay open um, and Ken and JC were there and I was probably the smallest seller, uh, like scale wise, I would say. And so I came home and I was like, I'm going to start this. And Gabe was amazing. So I'm going to do a nonprofit. And um, is it Robin, the one in Florida who also does a nonprofit? Am I saying Anna would know. There was another one who like her whole eBay business is nonprofit. And I was so inspired. And so because I went to school to be a teacher because I wanted to help kids and I, and then life kind of went in a different way. Um, and so I do social media definitely for a reason to help teach people and inspire, not to the skill that you do, but I appreciate you saying that because it does, it has a part for me as well to be able to help others learn how to do it. Um, it's Lori. Thank you. I knew Anna would know. I don't know why I said Robin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, Lori in Atlanta. Here we go. Everyone knows Lori. There we go. Yeah, she's great. Yes, yes. She's in Atlanta and she does a nonprofit as well, but hers funds a um, like shelter, food, uh, a, food, bank, food. clothing. They mm -hmm. get it's a similar idea, but it's a uh, food bank in Florida. Correct. Yep. Did I ask you a question? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you're, you're saying the power of networking, right? And how important yes, is yes, it? Yes. And, and uh, I, I think it's 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 foundational. I, I really think they're they're uh, um, three 
pillars to really reaching whatever scale our ambitions that 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 you you may have in mind for yourself. Um, first one would be uh, having a great team, right? Um, whether even if it's just one person, having somebody you can talk to. Mm-hmm. uh to, to to help gain the perspectives that that you need to find the you know to solve the, the problems that you come across um so having a good team whatever size that may be um two would be which know, for most of oh. us is our spouses so hopefully <laughs> you have a supportive spouse who will listen to your ebay nonsense <laughs> yeah exactly and and culture yes. right you have a spouse in or or a team where you know it's it's okay to be vulnerable and transparent and um, honest with each other to find the truth and, and to be able to make the changes and the improvements that you need to make to get to wherever, wherever, wherever it is you need to go. So if you have you know, good partners and good teams mixed with a good you know, culture and environment, that's key for you to get to where you need to go. And then lastly, partners, right? Um, and that's where networking comes in mm-hmm. uh, because you know, especially if you're trying to solve like a larger problem or you're trying to scale up to a relatively larger size, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. I mean, what, what I, my, my work is digital equity and shrinking the digital divide. That's a whale of a problem. Human IT alone is not going to be able to solve that. Yeah, and yeah. so partnership is vital. So I mean, what I spend a lot of my time on is are those three avenues, right? Ensuring that human IT is culturally has a, has a good, healthy culture. Um, we, we, we try to hire and find as, 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 as many smart and talented individuals as we possibly can who care about this work. And then lastly, I, I spent a lot of time networking and finding other people across industries who believe in digital equity and shrinking the digital divide and helping our planet by ensuring that e-waste doesn't end up in our landfills. People who are like-minded across industries to partner with um, because you know we need their help, whether it's a monetary donation and tech donation or just wisdom, right? Um, because it, it's really going to take a village to, to make a dent into this problem. So those are the three kind of avenues that that I believe in if you're going to, you know, create a strong foundation for your business. Yeah. And I would say even at a smaller scale, having the support around you, whether it's your family, your spouse, your, because it is hard to be an entrepreneur and do a business by yourself um, and finding coworkers that you can talk to. Anna and I, she's here. Anna's here. We do a Friday call now. Um, there are, she's my coworker, <laughs> right? Like I can, we both spew information at our husbands. Um, and then they just kind of are like, okay, what are you going to do? And I'm like, no, but like, I want like this conversation and they just can't give it to us. They're both very supportive. Um, but having, finding people like-minded that are, you can have those conversations and have, you don't necessarily have to think the same, but that can inspire you and ask those right questions. Um, finding those people as well as, networking. And I found like eBay has these meet, and this is my small scale, right? Like eBay has these meetups and I first went to learn how to do eBay. And then I met someone there and they're like, well, I'm going to do this one. Can you come here? Can you come? And that led to me going to eBay headquarters because they found mm-hmm. me at one of those meetups. Right. Um, and not that that's everybody's dream, but just getting out and going with other people, you're going to start to meet. oh, well, I have this friend who did this and this friend here, you know, and in this same now- community will help you. Networking is the catalyst to, to feeding all three of those those uh, pillars, right? Yes. You need to network to find the team, to be able to find the partners, uh, to be able to help you grow the culture. I mean, yeah, it's it's the feeder to, to help put you know propel those things. Are you a natural extrovert? Yes, okay. <laughs> because I think the str- I think the struggle that a lot of resellers find. In talking to a lot of resellers, most of us are at home by ourselves all day because we like to be at home by ourselves all day. So it's very fearful to go outside and be um, extroverted and converse. But what I will say, if you guys are wondering about it, most resellers are also that way. <laughs> so when you go to a room, everyone's going to be weird and awkward right. at first. And then everyone just kind of opens up because you have something in common. Um, I'm not saying you have to go to any of these meetups. It could be like on a chat or something, but just finding other people to kind of support whatever you have. So I have one more kind of eBay type question because mm-hmm. when we are at eBay headquarters and then if anyone does have questions, um, we have about five more minutes. I have children to pick up so we can't <laughs> hang on too late. Um, otherwise they're stuck at school. When we are at eBay headquarters, you were telling me, and I'm going to have you tell me the numbers again, if you don't mind, but you were telling me how many items you sold a month. Mm-hmm. And then later in the conversation, you're like, and we have this many available. And of course, me being me, I did the sell through rate and I, it was like astronomical. Um, so I want you to talk a little bit about that. And then some of your strategies that you can disclose in how and why 
you know, you, um, kind of how you get that and strategies that you have around it. Sure. Yeah. Let me actually, I have a little cheat sheet if you don't mind me. Oh yes, of course. I can't, I mean the amount of numbers, <laughs> but while you say this, I'm going to say, so me and Gabe, uh, Gabe's family lives out here in Colorado. So we were on a flight back from eBay headquarters. Um, and he pulls out his computer. And he's like, do you want to see my spreadsheet? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. Yes. You are like the only reseller. One of the few resellers that has like shown me a spreadsheet. And I was like, Ooh, this is like, it was like mind blowing the amount of things that he looked at. And I was like, okay, that's a good metric. So I need to add that to my spreadsheet. Um, so yeah, everything that you do and, and, and that you share on, on your channels, I'm a huge believer in and a huge fan of, you know, working backwards, right? Yeah. Like, what is it that you're looking to to generate from a revenue standpoint and then reverse engineer it? Like, you know, so so for us, we look to, to um, over the course of 12 months, um, generate about 6 million a year on through eBay um, specifically. And so if I'm going to do that, now I need to understand, okay, well, how much do I need to list on my store per day? Mm-hmm. what is our conversion rate and so on and so forth. Everything that, again, you, you do a really good job educating all of us on. Um, and so uh, I kind of I already told you kind of our target is about six, well, in 2022 is 6 million. And in order to do that, um, we need to list uh, about $210,000 worth of value uh, per week, right? And in order to do that, we uh, based on our average listing price, which is about two hundred and fifty dollars per listing. Um, we need to list, and then we refer, go to my cheat sheet here. Um, we need to do about a hundred, or yeah, about a hundred and forty or so, hundred and fifty. We'll call it hundred, just for to make it you know easy to understand. Yeah. About a hundred and and fifty um, listings per day right so um you know that that's that's kind of the target like are we actually doing that and at 250 dollars on average per listing you kind of get to the number that we need we need to be at we also know that um whatever our listing whatever we listings uh at generally because of offers we sell about 80 percent of that listing value and then out of that 80 percent we know that historically uh we collect 95% of, of, mm-hmm. of those listings. Cause we know that our, you know, um, customers drop off, right. Yes. <laughs> they don't always, they don't always follow through with the payment. Um, but that happens to us about 5% of the time. And so we, we calculate that ahead of the time to be able to, to understand, you know, what it is that we need to, to list in order to hit our revenue targets. But again, it's all reversed engin- engineered. And you're like totally speaking my level. If you guys want more information on how to do this, definitely follow my channel. If you're not already and following all the videos, because these are the videos that I do, is telling you how it's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you sell or how many you sell. You start with that top number and you work backwards. Um, Something that I love too with what you're saying, and I'm going to start implementing it into my process, a lot of the reselling community, and I admittedly do it as well, is listings. How many listings do you have? How many? Mm-hmm. And you're always talking, not always, every once in a while you do listings when it's, but it's always numbers. Like we want mm-hmm. this much value where yeah. most resellers, myself included, is I'm going to list this many items. Now in general, because I list the same things, they're around the same price. Um, so I can say like my average sale price and it gets you to that. Um, but I think coming into next year, I will start monitoring that because if you're listing 10 items, but they're a thousand dollars. You don't need to be listing as many, mm-hmm. right? So that's a good metrics to follow. And I misspoke. We do, we do 850 listings per week. So my cheat sheet got a little confusing. Um, <laughs> you, you get, you get, you get, you get. Yes. Idea. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I really wanted to know, I mean, I'm sure you're aware and showing people is that the working backwards and really understanding your numbers allows you to get to where you want to go, whether it's exactly. your car payment every month or you know, connecting this digital <laughs> divide at this grand scale of a number. Um, I don't know if we have any other, let me check if we have questions. Love your videos and all the great information. Um, we did have a couple, oh, wait, 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 talking about networking. Gabe, I worked in IT for years. I may know an organization that may be interested in contribu- uh, contributing to e-waste to your e to your human IT. I'll forward you information onto them. Um, Thank someone- you so much. Appreciate that networking right yes. uh someone is mentioning see that's my alarm to get my kids someone's mentioning in the comments that there's not a link in the description i will go back and update that for sure 
if Anne is still on, she's a moderator or um, someone else is a moderator, they can feel free to put it in the comments, but I will go back and put that down in the description, all of Gabe's information, um, because it's just outstanding. I'm going to answer a couple of the eBay questions specific while we're on, but if there's anything else that you wanted to pop on and say. Yeah, I mean, humanit.org, right? If you if you know or you work for an organization, uh, you know, they obviously use tech. Uh, you know, ask your company, what are they doing with their unwanted tech? Because I'm sure, um, you know, they may be interested in, in how, we're, uh, how we're utilizing something that your company doesn't want uh, to, to, uh, to do good across our, our, our community. So, um, you know, go back to your workplace and tell them about humanit.org. And if you uh, want to make a technology donation or use us as your downstream, um, there's, an, a, there's a simple form that you can fill out on our website. And someone from our, uh, someone from our team will reach out to you within one business day. Um, and also most of you guys are resellers. So you can mm -hmm. check that box eBay for charity mm -hmm. and connect it to uh, eBay or to human IT. And that's probably the easiest way. Most of my audience is probably the easiest way. Um, and you can do any, well, there's probably a minimum. I think it's a couple percentages, but it's a very small minimum um, exactly. that you can just give straight donations as well. Or any cause that you care about. Yes. Either human IT or anything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we do have an eBay question. If seller sales are slow, do they have to pr promote at 25% to get their items moving? It hurts their selling costs. So I know why Duncan's asking this because I did a video yesterday. Uh, my promoted listings fees. So this I'm going to do a follow up because I think all the numbers were kind of confusing. My promoted listing fees increased 500%. That's a very scary number. However, <laughs> if you look at the percentages, I was doing it at 2%. And so a 500% increase is 10%. Still not ideal, but I'm not, it's not 50% of my selling costs. I'm not paying eBay 50% of my selling costs. Me and Duncan had this question or this conversation kind of on the side about this. So I think this is why he's asking it. Um, I think promoted, it will help. Definitely. It's putting your, I had a, a meeting actually yesterday with eBay. We'll talk a little bit more about it with Anna on Friday um, if she wants to, but I had a meeting with them and it actually puts it in 130 different places on eBay that is direct to sales or similar items of your listing. Um, paying 10% for direct marketing, like that's pretty low. I've looked at it for social media marketing and it's significantly higher than that. Um, however, if you have a bad listing, doesn't matter. You can promote it in as many places as you want. No one's going to buy it. And if it's a bad listing and eBay shows it and you're not getting those click-throughs, you're not getting the conversions, eBay is going to stop showing it. Um, so it will help if your listing is relevant if you have all of your item specifics listed correctly if you have the title if you have good photos all of the things that you can find in your ebay listing quality report if all of that is up to par then yes getting in front of 130 more buyers or 30 uh, it's even more buyers than that the 130 more places within ebay for people who are looking for what you're looking for not just in search yes it will help increase do you need to do at 25 percent only you can decide what's right for your business mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know if you have anything to add to that as well do you guys do promoted listings? Or you oh, yeah. Heavily, yeah. And heavily. And it really depends on your margins, right? What you can afford. Right. Um, and so, you know, for well, we do technology. So there's there's a, there's a good amount of margin baked into that. So we can be a little bit more aggressive with our um, sales and our promoted listings as a result. Um, but if you have smaller margins, then you have to play the quantity game. Yes. Right? You have, to, you have to flood the store to be able to then... Um, Hopefully what I would say is well, my strategy would be if my margins were smaller is to focus on building the, like the followers and direct email marketing to them that way. So that way I can, you know, uh, commit or, or create loyal, loyal buyers and consistent buyers that way. And it starts to compound. So again, it's depend your margins, in my opinion, will dictate your marketing strategy from there. Yes. Agreed. But, um, yeah, but you're right. A, 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 a listing that's that's not great, like a poor description or a poor photo, no marketing strategy in the world will solve for that. Yes, right. So you got to start from the beginning, right? That's your problem. Mm -hmm. Start backwards. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to add something to what you just said, and now I don't remember. Oh, eBay is giving us, because eBay knows this as well. There, You know, you can track your followers now. There's newsletters now. You can send them direct coupons. Um, so if that's a strategy that you're wanting, there's I did it in my eBay open 
thing. There's research that shows loyal comfort customers are willing to spend more money. You, you know, mm -hmm. you can have repeat buyers 5% higher, you can get up to 75% higher margins. Um, so that is a strategy. It may not work for everybody. If you're niched down, um, it's a great strategy because if you're kind of a random store, I don't know that how many followers you're going to get. One more question and then we will pop off. This may be off subject. You mentioned the other day when you sold GSP order, you saw what country it's going to. How do you see what country it's going to? Do you know? I can say that. <laughs> it's, oh, I, I don't know if they're asking me or you this. I don't know which one of us said this. Um, so GSP is Global Shipping Program, right. which eBay is actually changing. Um, exciting news. It's going to be easier and cheaper and faster and less work for us. Uh, stay tuned. I don't. I think next year they're going to roll it out to everyone. Um, but in the shipping label, I mean, when I see it, it's just in the right. shipping label. It's a shipping label. It's in the offer as well. And so we actually, uh, most of our, most of our conversion happens at offer, at the offer stage, yeah. the best offer. And, um, and there it actually shows you what country is, uh, you know, the sellers or the customers coming from. Oh, that's interesting. Well. I guess I never, mm -hmm. I accept those offers. So, um, <laughs> is this correct. I don't think it's an actual link, but did I type it correctly? Um, if you Google, Google that, that, it'll happen. But if it's human-i-t.org, uh, but if you Google that, that, it'll come up. Well, let me put it up so it's easy. And then I will go into the description um, and update it. .org. How's that? And then almost. But there's a dash between the, the I and the T. But yeah. You, oh, one more will, time. Just, Third time's a charm. Yeah. Here we go, Gabe. Human <laughs> dash I dash T. Oh, yeah. I. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Not the easiest URL ever. But no, no, it's you live fine. and you learn. There we go. I know. And then once you are committed, like you can't change it. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have, let me make sure if we have any questions before we, thank you, Sarah. Love all your videos. Thank you so much. I just cranked up mine significantly today as well. I'm interested to hear Anna. She was doing like a small incremental and I was like, just crank it up. <laughs> and then you can scale back once you're spending too much on yeah. it. And, um, and I know Anna's story, like, you know, Anna is going to be one of those, the, the quantity game is everything for Anna. Yes. And yes. So, you know, I think the, the grocery stores do this marketing tactic brilliantly, right? Like they they'll they'll market the the milk, for instance, and but they'll, then they'll put it all the way in the back of the store, so you have to see every single item just yes. to get what it is that you need. And by the time you're out of the store, you have five items, even though you just went in there for one. You know, that right. that's a technique I would use if, if if I was playing the quantity game. Yes. And so like add-ons and volume shipping mm -hmm. and doing all of that for sure. Um, I was talking with someone yesterday too, grocery stores margins are so low that, mm -hmm. right, it's a quantity game and figuring out how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some conversations with Anna. We are checking off, but Anna will be on Friday. She's on every single Friday. Um, it's a casual conversation. We talk about our week strategies that we're doing. I did my second Poshmark Live this week. Uh, so I'll be chatting about that. It was not nearly as smooth as the first one. <laughs> Uh, so make sure to join on Friday. We'll be talking about that. Other things that came up in our business this week and then general question and answers. She has 12,000 items on eBay and I'm on eBay and Poshmark. So if you guys have specific reselling questions, feel free to join us on Friday and every Friday um, with Anna's, Anna. Anna. Uh, Anna. So Gabe, I want to thank you. I know you are very busy. Um, very inspiring. If you guys are not inspired and don't want to go help the world, <laughs> then watch this video again. Um, Gabe is so inspiring. If you guys want to support him uh his information is down below or if it's not i'm going to go do that right now um and then any last words before we sign off i just want to say thank you you know thank you for having me on it's always wonderful talking to you and anyone who who watched hopefully it was it was helpful and useful to you um but yeah let's uh let's go out there and lead with purpose and uh, make as much of an impact in, in our communities in our communities as we possibly can so thank you so much for allowing me to share my message to your uh, audience Yes, thank you, Gabe. And I will see everybody on Friday. Bye.